And here we go. Let's <laughs> this goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Take me home tonight. No I way, don't want to let you go to see the light. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that some Eddie Money? Is that going to wake you it up is. today? <laughs> it is. A guy named Eddie Money, and he doesn't have enough money to buy a car that he needs a ride home. Oh, that's true, yeah. What a jack. Yeah. Doesn't Someone's he sing a song about going on a trip or something like that? Yeah, too? he's got two tickets to <laughs> two paradise. Tickets. How's, he, how's he affording all these things? <laughs> <laughs> he's got the money. <laughs> hey, man, how are you? Happy uh, uh, happy, happy birthday. Thank you. I am excited. You're, uh, you're finally legal now. I, I'm yes. so excited. I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to take you to the casting couch, and uh, yeah, it's going to be sweet. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I hope I get the part. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> my goodness. Yes, I, I am a, a whopping 39. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. Are you dying? Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> Drink your juice. I try to. <laughs> <laughs> I am a, I'm a whopping 39 years of age. That's so cool, man. Congratulations. Yes. I, I grew up in a time where I could buy records, then cassettes, then compact it. I could buy cassettes, too. It's I'm not that much younger. So. Yeah, but I, I had records. <laughs> you don't have the records. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for today's episode, slightly kind of. What are we doing, Justin? We are doing the crazy, stupid love. The don't be crazy, stupid love. <laughs> I almost made a joke about that during the thing, but I don't want to spoil the movie. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Even though it's in the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We should just Great. change our we should change our name to the Don't Be Crazy Stupid Love Podcast. There you go. <laughs> sure we'll get comments. we'll get tons of Ryan Gosling fans. So oh, I'll take them. Yeah, me included. <laughs> yeah, I like Ryan Gosling. I weigh about hundred pounds more than he does. Oh, well, mostly muscle. Most uh, most women say that I look like Ryan Gosling. It's uh, it's crazy. I don't know. I I don't. How see many it. drinks <laughs> from me or from them? <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm just fabricating these these fictional women that are that are talking to me, and really I'm just at my house playing video games. <laughs> you look like a lot of celebrities. You look like Eggy from Eggy. <laughs> from the, the Kingsman from, from Rocket Man. <laughs> yeah, I I look like. Freaking John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> See, they're they're made of helium, so they're light. <laughs> I love that movie so much. That's that's my that's before good. photo. My after photo is Doug Masters. <laughs> uh, Steve. Um, oh God. Berg. No. <laughs> Mahoney. No. <laughs> what the hell? I just totally drew a blank. Um, white-haired Steve. 
comedianfunnyman.com from Planes, Chains, and Automobiles. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Anyway, Steve Martin, when he's telling the girl, when she's like, uh, tell him about the rental car, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about your rental car, whatever. And he no. says, fuck every, yeah. every, I don't want to swear too much. It's, okay, a, it's, a PG, it's a PG show. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Crazy Stupid Love, it was in 2011, written oh by Mr., Mr. Dan Fogelman of uh, fame from the TV show This Is Us. Um, that blockbuster movie Cars Two. Uh, I didn't. I, I never. I didn't watch This Is Us. I know a lot of people do. I. I, I think it looks stupid, but I mean, whatever. Um, yeah, he's done a lot of uh, kind of sappy, lovey movies like that. Um, but I guess that's his style. Um, yeah, but it's wait. I guess I'll just jump right into the cast. Uh, so this movie stars, uh, it's, it has a fantastic cast. I mean, a, a ton of well-known actors. Uh, you have Steve Carell, uh, R- McDreamy, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore, Emma Stone. Um, I love Julianne Moore. I, I do too. Great. I love Emma Stone as well. Um, Annalie Tipton, uh, Jonah Bobo. Um, we have Marissa Tomei. Uh, John Carroll Lynch from uh, from Fargo, <laughs> um, and oh, Josh- yeah, I like him. Yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon, David Lindhagen is his name. That's what it was. We couldn't we couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Hagen or Hagen? <laughs> Lindhagen, Lindhagen. <laughs> yeah, they keep messing it up. But you know, uh, real quick, back to John Carroll Lynch. That is a guy that's been in like a billion movies. Yeah, and he's he's one of those actors that you recognize him when you see him, but not everyone knows his name. But mm-hmm. Like, you know, fast forward, one of these days, he's the kind of guy that just sneaks up on and gets, like, a, a Lifetime Achievement Award. He's one of those actors that that steals the scene every time he's in it. He's in oh, a, okay. 118 credits. He has 118 credits on IMDb. I believe it. He's been around a long time. Yeah, he always plays, like, a cop or a serial killer or some something of, like that. Or some kind of city worker, like in that movie Volcano, where, where the volcano was attacking <laughs> Los Angeles. Uh, Dante's Peak was far superior to Volcano, and they came out the exact same year. I don't know. Oh, that's way better. That was in a, like a remote city. Volcano so. was in the city of angels. Yeah, whatever. It's and and Hayes was able to just be mean to it and stop it. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones just pointed a gun at it and said, "I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you're innocent." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I like Tommy Lee Jones. I love Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, but he's not in this movie. Uh, so. But there's like the part where where he's where he's all mad and he's like, your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. <laughs> Dr. Richard Kimball. Um, how'd this movie do, sir? Um, it did pretty good. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our future has been on the run for 90 <laughs> minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injury, is four miles an hour, which gives us a radius of six miles. <laughs> what I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up to 15 miles. Our fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. Man, he's so good. That's a that's a great movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. I remember renting that on VHS. 
to my parents and then I didn't understand it. I was like, why does he have one arm? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh man, I forgot about how good that movie was. Well, did you find that man? Yeah. And then the equally good sequel, uh, U.S. Marshals. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that one with, with Wesley Snipes. Surprise, surprise, Robert Downey Jr. is a bad guy. Oh man, spoiler alert. Yeah, whatever. You know, I, I, saw, I saw that movie. Fun fact. I saw that movie the day it came out, which was March 6, 1998. And I also saw The Big Lebowski that same day. They Both movies came out that day, and I saw a double feature. Did you really? Yeah, I bought two movie tickets. I didn't sneak into one theater or anything like that. I literally went and saw one, and then it ended, and I went and watched the other. Well, look at you, Honest Abe. Um, when, uh, what did you like better at the time? Uh, oh, Big Lebowski, for sure. I was... I was sucking a major Cohen brothers penis at that time man like fargo had come out already and they could do no wrong i love like raised in arizona mm. um i was just all over the Cohen brothers and it was just it, the big lebowski it's interesting because not everybody uh liked it when it first came out right um but i didn't even quite get it you know i was like what the hell did i just watch but i laughed the shit out of the entire movie i thought it was so funny and i didn't really care that the the plot was sort of second to the characters. It was more about the characters than the actual story. It was more like a, a day in the life of Big Lebowski as opposed to, you know, this incredible journey. So, I don't know. <laughs> You're out of your element, Don. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, which they, they both, they all kind of are. They're, like, stuck in, like, the 60s, and then they're in what is the 90s, and you only know that because of, you know, cell phones and that video with, Bush <laughs> talking about Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Other than that, you wouldn't really know what what fucking time frame it was. But anyway, we're not talking about the fugitive anymore. We're talking about crazy, stupid love. How did it do critically? Uh, not too bad. Surprisingly, got a lot of got a lot of tomates. Yeah. It is uh, fresh produce coming in hot at seventy eight percent organic. Yeah. Which is code for spoils quickly. <laughs> And it's way overpriced. <laughs> yeah. It's like you think it would be cheaper if it didn't have all the chemicals in it. Still Honestly. has chemicals in it. No way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't pump it full of pesticides. This isn't the organic produce podcast. It's the, <laughs> it's the two assholes talking about movies podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good stuff. Um, where are we at here? Okay. Derek Malcolm. Of London Evening Standard. He's, he's actually starred as a top critic. Check that shit out. Uh, there may not be much competition, but it's among the best of the year. Uh, do we still know what movies came out in 2011? Uh, yeah, I'll pull up the Drive. Quick. Drive. Yeah, it was the year of Ryan Gosling because he was in the Ides of Ides March. March. Yeah. Um, he was in Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, and I think he had one more, but... Um, Moneyball. Like... X-Men First Class. No. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Well, yeah, Moneyball came out. That was good. Bridesmaids. Um, I love Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. David Fincher's the man. Uh, Warrior, we did previously on this podcast. Oh, I um, love that movie. The first Captain America uh, and the first Thor both came out that same year. So that was kind of like the kickoff um, because Iron Man came out the previous year, right? Or no, well, 2008. I, Iron Man was 2008 and then yeah. 2010. There were two Iron Man movies before. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, yeah, good enough. Yeah. Except Contagion, did you did you see that movie? No, I don't like disease movies. Like oh man, you can't you can't be coughing in people's faces and licking your hands, man. You're gonna get the whole world sick. It's gross. That's gross. Don't do it. I don't like it. 
Um, anywho, that's that's your competition from 2011. Not too shabby. A little shabby, but not too shabby. Uh, a hilarious insight into the world of dating. There you go. Zara Ooh. Miller. That's not bad. Uh, Steve Carell sets aside his goofball shtick for a more earthy role in this satisfying, mature ensemble roman- romantic comedy. How about that? How Jim, about that? Jim Shembry <coughs> from The Age. Are you all right? You keep coughing. Sorry. Are you going to be coughing at my birthday party? No. You're going to have to party outside. <laughs> Final party the Rizzo. <laughs> Rizzo's the indoor dog. Nope. She's outdoor. She's not interested in you outside. I'll bring a, I'll bring a Nyla bone. There you go. She loves those. I know. Um, let's see. Tom Huddleston from Time Out says, This is witless. Wow. And lifeless. He, uh, he didn't like it. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, Abby Bernstein from Assignment X says, there's at least one good story surprise here. Some real laughs and strong performances. Unfortunately, comma, these are accompanied by a lot much less uh, worthwhile stuff that makes crazy, stupid love something of a slog for, mo- for much of its running time. How sad. Yeah. She didn't like it either. Mm-mm. Madcap coincidences and an emotional speech is an unlikely situation. Uh, ruin the tender tone the film works so hard to achieve. Huh. Well, huh. that's the that's the climax of the movie. Maybe they just don't love themselves. Maybe they don't get the movie. Yeah. Do you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else? Yes. I 100% agree with that. Uh, what else is my job here? Box office? Mm-hmm. Did not get any awards? Nah. I mean, award for best rom com, <laughs> MTV Movie Award for best love triangle. I don't know. <laughs> Is that a thing? No, <laughs> it's made it up. Oh. Kids Choice Award for hottest babysitter. Oh. I want a Kids Choice Award. I want a surfboard. You want to get slimed? <laughs> that too. <laughs> I don't want to save it. Well, on the casting couch later, we'll talk about. It. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I know. Uh, box office numbers. Budget of $50 million. That seems like a lot. It does, especially since there wasn't like any big CGI or anything crazy. But I think that obviously just went towards the, the cast. because And, and marketing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably just say like more the cast and marketing. Because in the movie, they only go to one bar the entire movie. It's like that's the only bar in L.A. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, it grossed $84 million, which isn't bad. Actually, world, world, yeah, domestically. Uh, worldwide, prestige, worldwide, <laughs> 142.9 million. So almost yeah, made it to the 143. Yeah, it almost tripled it, basically. So, that, I mean, th- those are good numbers for a movie of this caliber, especially a rom-com. I mean, you wouldn't expect too much from a rom-com, especially in 2011. I expect romance and comedy. Yeah, so do I. But, um... But like uh, last year's Crazy Rich Stupid Asians, right? Isn't that what the what it's called? No, <laughs> it's Crazy Rich Asians. Um, that uh, that movie did really well, and uh, I hear it's hilarious, and so I need to see it. But um, it's interesting. I don't know the numbers on that, but I believe that that probably outgrossed this. So. Uh, One seventy four. Wow! Damn, that's a lot of cheddar. Yeah, that is a lot. So, 3,800 um, theaters. That seems like a lot. Yeah. 
You know, I didn't. I don't even know if Twister was in that many theaters. Oh, I love Twister. I didn't see any fun, interesting trivia. Really, I mean, the filmmakers uh, were giving away a free iPad on set to whoever came up with the title for the movie. Um, so that's <laughs> kind of neat, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, weird. I know, right? Um, oh, this is Josh Groban's first movie. Uh, Josh Groban, the the singer. Uh, so that's. Cool, I guess. Yeah, he was in the office. He was uh, Nardog's brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's a crooner. He's a what? A crooner. A crooner, yes. Yes. Which I didn't even know was a word until like three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of this other uh, trivia is just like, oh, they played together or they were in this movie together or something. And so it's kind of pointless. But anyways, nothing really interesting about the trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready to jump in this? Yeah, let's okay. let's dive right in. All right, I'll read a synopsis. Cal and Emily Weaver have been married for 25 years until one night at dinner, Emily asks for a divorce. Distraught, Cal washes away his sorrow by drinking at a bar and venting his problems to nearby patrons. Jacob, a dashing one-night-stand womanizer, overhears Cal and decides to help him gain his confidence back by showing him his own ways of female seduction. Cal learns, changes, has fun, but ultimately misses his wife. Meanwhile, Hannah is stuck waiting on her lame duck Josh Groban boyfriend to propose to her so she can live the perfect life. When shit hits the fan, Hannah runs back for meaningless sex with Jacob, who she met at the bar earlier. The two go back to his place and instead of sex, decide to develop a relationship as the two fall for each other. On the other side, Robbie, Cal and Emily's son, thinks he's in love with his babysitter, Jessica, who also, in turn, thinks she is in love with Cal. Robbie fights in a futile attempt for Jessica's love, ignorant to the fact that Jessica loves Cal, and Emily also secretly misses Cal. The two, Cal and Emily, get back together, and Jacob tells Cal that he is meeting his new girlfriend's mom and is headed over to her house to meet. Cal plans a big surprise party for Emily, but all hell breaks loose. Cal finds out that Jacob is now dating Hannah. Jessica, the babysitter, confesses her love to Cal, and her dad fights Cal. (laughs) David Linden Lindhagen shows up and gets punched, and Robbie gets his heart broken. With all our characters disjointed in town, they fatefully meet back at Robbie's graduation as he and Cal deliver captivating speeches and save the day. Everyone makes up, things work out, and everyone realizes that all have suffered their share of crazy, stupid love. That was written. That was written by Zach Rancor. I know it was a long synopsis, but it's a it's a full movie there's it's not very cut and dry there's a lot of uh intertwining stories <laughs> a lot of ins a lot of outs uh, a lot, lot of what have you yeah <laughs> uh, i'm glad i saw the movie because based on that synopsis i was like lost halfway through it yeah it's um it's just hard because you can't really give a simple synopsis for this because it, you could just say like three intertwining tales of love and familial bond or something like that it, it's just I wanted to, to give an almost spoiler type summary. So. Sure. Um, all right, man. So what did you think of the movie? I'm glad I had a happy ending. And I only say that because it's like a two-hour movie. And I hate it when I sit through a two-hour movie and it doesn't have a happy ending. Like the breakup. My God. They actually break up. <laughs> yeah, but, not, but real life is not always a happy ending. I know, but I don't want to watch real life. I want to get lost in this fantasy world. This fantasy world of Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. <laughs> come, come with a kick drum. Yeah. Come, come with a kick drum. <laughs> um, I like that. I, I love that part. Close yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all 
longer of a broken heart. <laughs> I told, I literally forgot that that ever existed. That guy is uh, funny. What's his name? I can't remember. He's hilarious, though. He's a funny guy. Um, He's the so little yeah, I, elf in Fred Claus, you know. He, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, I also liked this movie, um, but I did not like it as much as I thought I would. <laughs> Um, I thought it was <laughs> John Michael Higgins. This is there you go. Holy shit! Um, all right, Mister Digression. Uh, I <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, I'm give you... you get a gold star today. You you made me laugh. I'm gonna give you the pass because you're it's your birthday and you can cry if you want to. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, I I liked this movie. Um, I thought it was a good rom com. Uh, it's I think that the acting um, from pretty much every character was was spot on, and it was it was very real. Um, but yeah, it, it's and like you were saying earlier, it's not something that I'm going to stand on a mountain and and defend. It's but it it was a good movie. It was a good like Netflix or airplane movie. Oh, even a bad airplane movie is still okay because. If the flight's long, you got nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I would just sleep. I'd rather sleep for some of them. So I think I watched my super ex girlfriend on the way to Hawaii once. No I would have. I would have never watched that movie unless I was on a plane. <laughs> that movie sucked. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's it. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward movie for the most part. Uh, with a different like, it, it's a fun idea. Like with the love triangle and stuff. Um, you know, where the babysitter is in love with, with Steve Carell, Cal, um, where Cal and Emily are getting divorced. Um, you have Hannah, uh, Emma Stone, who is in this engagement that she's not fully committed in. And then you got the, the dream boat, Ryan Gosling, just womanizing, but you could tell he's obviously missing something. So it's neat that they're hitting on all these different aspects of, of what we could consider love. Um, and so, Justin, with uh, with love, I I believe that there are three stages. This is science, all right. So this is proven that this is these are the three stages of love. But you have uh, lust, romance, and attachment or commitment. Um, when we first meet all of our love struck characters, they all show an element of this, and and they think that this is what love is, or they think they're okay with this. Um, when it, in actuality. They only live in one of the one of these stages of love. So each of them exemplify just one of those stages. Now, through the film, we see the transgression to a different aspect of love that they all attain. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so like uh, for Cal, Cal has his attachment to Emily uh, because he's been with her since high school. It's the only woman he's been with. He actually does really love her, but it takes the entire movie to find that out. Um, Emily, she has lust and with her infidelity, she sleeps with Kevin Bacon and um, because she was bored with Mr. Polo, Mr. New Balance 524's uh, Steve Carell. And um, again, at the end of the film, she realizes what she actually misses and so on and so forth. Robbie is romantic because he's trying to go after Jessica. Hannah is attached to Josh Groban, um, and you can tell that's kind of like a loveless slash lustless relationship. Jacob is obviously all about lust, and then Jessica is about romance. Um, do you do you kind of agree with that, or do you have anything to, to add to that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that you are correct. I never thought about it in any by any stretch of the imagination, but after hearing your 
description, I think that it is accurate. Yeah, and and I just it's 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 funny and it's it's almost like a paradigm. Um, but I think that because we've seen this in rom coms where you know you have somebody like like Jacob for example, he is the the womanizer, the the uh, womanizer, womanizer, yeah. all womanizer. Yep, yeah, that Britney Spears one. And you, um, you, you uh. <laughs> so he, uh, you know, he's he's out there every night at this this one LA bar that only that everyone goes to for some reason, and um, he's constantly picking up girls. His whole hey, you want to get out of here, like that sort of thing. Um, that is his his life, and and he's confusing that maybe with with love or with what he thinks is, and we never really get into his his um, persona or or. Um, his mindset and and what he truly likes until he meets Hannah and realizes like oh I don't I want to have sex with her but at the same time I think I really like her and he develops feelings for her um, so it's easy to see why like Steve Carell was so upset and he's like you can't date my daughter because he knows what type of person he is well yeah and he's they don't really tap into it too much but he is uh, you know very much the the alpha male and you know superiority and you know, I I am a man, and I am put on this planet to have the intercourse. Yep. Yeah, and and I think that that's um, so with this movie with all these different intertwining um, stories and characters, that is uh, one of the weak points and and things that um, is a negative to having such a big story like that because I don't want to see a three hour movie, and you'd almost have to give a three hour movie to develop like his all his feelings and stuff. Because oh yeah. I, I, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure they, I'm sure they filmed a lot of it. And then it just ended up on the cutting room floor, which is right. why he just sort of presented with that conversation that he has with Cal looking into the mirror, like, Hey man, you're a dude. You're here to have the, the sexo. Let's make this happen. The and then... sexo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like, I, I'm a sucker for montages. So I really liked, you know, the montage where he's making them over and stuff. And, um, uh, you you get you get enough of it because it really is essentially about Cal and Jacob. I mean, I, you could argue that they're the main characters in the movie. Um, I'd say Cal is clearly the front runner for that, though, um, where you get to really see his ups and downs, his emotional arcs. Um, Jacob is more just a, yeah, he's a womanizer the whole movie, and then you he meets Hannah, and all of a sudden he's completely different. You don't see an actual arc or or his his progression through that. It just kind of yeah, it, it happens in one night. Yeah. yeah. He turns his hat from forward to backwards. And <laughs> Lincoln then... Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's uh, he's able to love again. <laughs> yeah. And an arm wrestle the boot. <laughs> um, so, but those three stages of love, that lust, romance, and attachment commitment, I mean, I, I don't think that that's something that is is the case for everything but justin is that something that that you find yourself in um because you are in love and um it's okay alex won't listen to this part but um you i mean those are do you think those are important for for a relationship to have all three of those or can you have it with maybe two of them or one of them i i think that it is uh, a recipe for success when you have all these ingredients Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, over time, they start to diminish. You might, you might have the lust at first, and then the romance, and then the attachment would probably be the way that that would play out. But it's important to not lose the lust and the romance and only have the attachment. Uh, that is where Cal has found himself, because they've been together for so long. Um, you know, I was married to my high school sweetheart, and 
uh, we were together for 15 years, and eventually we fell into just the attachment column. And while I still think she's a remarkable person, we just didn't work out as a, in a marriage. Um, but I mean, so I could, it's very relatable <laughs> for me, but I just think that part of the whole, you know, working at it and doing what you can to, to keep the magic happening, um, is important because yeah. I, I do think you need, uh, three would be ideal, but if you could have two of these, that would probably be okay. But I think ultimately you still need the romance. You still need the lust and you still need the, the attachment. Yeah, and I mean, I I think we see that with um, with uh, Julianne Moore's infidelity is is she's um, there's no like romance or, or there's no lust there. I mean, they they go to dinner and they're just he's he's discussing what he wants to eat and then she just drops, I want a divorce. And as soon as he changes his style and stuff, she's kind of like, I miss you and I got this lust back. Right. And let's go. Well, because he he reinvented himself. Exactly, and, and I think that that's something that everyone should not should, but I th- I think a lot of us could benefit from sort of reinventing yourself. Like like you, Zach, you like to go on trips. You know, you're a world traveler. You go on these journeys. You do the eat, pray, love, and you discover something <laughs> about yourself. <clears throat> you know, even even with your hikes, you know, you do things that that puts you in a a different state of mind in a different place, and you can sort of reinvent yourself. Uh, you know, on a monthly basis, you know, you go on these crazy hikes and that's not something I can do. You know, for me, I'm either in uh, an office setting or, uh, or playing video games <laughs> and I need to get out of the house and I need to go on trips with Alex or go do something different with Alex to sort of have that reinvention. So I, I do think it's important. You don't fall in a rut. You don't become complacent. Uh, when that happens, it's when you start to see, um, you know, things start to fall apart around you and it doesn't have to just be love it could be you know friends like maybe you used to hang out with your friends all the time and now you know life happens and now all of a sudden you aren't making the time to have those game nights or or go on like couples trips and things like that and it's important to do that otherwise um you just kind of fall into a rut and then you lose things all around you without even knowing it yeah i agree um i i think that in in any relationship it's okay for change to happen. Um, and complacency is one of the scariest things for me. Um, having open communication in a relationship is, is huge. And I think it's like the paramount for, or the hallmark for a lot of relationships. And you need to have that in order to succeed. And if something is, is if that spark is kind of diminishing, you have to figure out what you guys can do together. Um, and not everyone's going to be like me where I'm doing stupid, ridiculous things outside and um, being like, you're like, why you're, like that, you're like that movie Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. That's I'm, you. Yeah, <laughs> you're always fighting John Lithgow. On John Lithgow is, is after me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like hanging from rocks with one arm. But, um, but no, I mean, that's something I want to do. And so for a partner in my life, I want someone who who is down to do that kind of stuff and likes adventure uh obviously as i get older that might diminish slightly uh but it's it's about finding that perfect fit for you because i love nights in and as i've gotten older it was what friday night last night i was like this is great i'm gonna have a beer and i'm gonna watch a movie and go to bed and it's (laughs) i was so happy i was because i was tired from the work week and i was just like i'm so happy um so it, it definitely changes uh but i think it's just about communicating with your partner and stuff like that and and having all those things in there uh 
because you know, it's it's funny you say that because just yesterday on on the Twitterverse, I saw this tweet from somebody that I don't even follow. It just ended up on my feed, but it was um, uh, at Hordy, and it says, "My husband and I decided to start saying I need attention, and honestly, it's a real relationship time saver." I never thought of that. Yeah, be, I like that. yeah, because it's so hard. I mean, men and women are so complicated. We we think that we can read each other's minds, and it's it, it's hard sometimes. You know, like the oh hey, is everything okay? I'm fine. Like no, <laughs> clearly it's not fine. So um, that's what we have to 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 work on. So I, I like that, and being transparent in relationships, I think, is huge. Um, so yeah, I, I think you can get away with two of these elements. Um, you. It's a stretch to get away with one, but uh, yeah, two two would be probably the bare minimum. Um, and you'd want to try more. I think that our characters in the film, though, um, I don't think all of them possess those. I think some of them end up start with one characteristic and end up with one characteristic, but uh, a few of them gain back what truly is like the stages of love. What are the stages of love? Um, Cal, when he goes to the office, when his boss confronts him and he's like hey cal you know like i i, I heard uh, you crying in the bathroom and we just we want to let you know we're here for you and everything um cal's cal's like thank you he's, he's kind of confused on what he's talking about he thinks cal thinks that the boss is consoling him on the divorce but then uh his boss actually says you know like we Cal, Cal tells him like, "Hey, you know, it's it's we're just getting a divorce or whatever." And the boss is relieved because he's like, "Oh my god, we all thought it was cancer," and he starts laughing. He's like, "It's only divorce, all right, whatever." Um, I, I I feel that more and more uh, our society has been okay with divorce, and it's kind of harsh that he's laughing at this issue because I mean, this is a man's life. But at the same time, I think divorce is something that we can look on nowadays that's not incredibly negative. I think that it helps couples in certain ways i mean what's the sense in being miserable right like and and justin you have been divorced right yes thank you for reminding me yeah how do you like it no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um wh what are your thoughts on this as the as the resident expert of this two-person podcast um it, is it as taboo as it as it used to be uh i don't think so um i mean i it's always sad when it happens but... sure I think that if people just end up growing apart or just it, it being a wrong decision or something, um, there's no sense in spending the rest of your life tied to a person that you don't want to be with. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost it's like they lost those uh, those three stages of love and they just can never get it back. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's sad for sure, um, but I mean there's there's two there's two types of divorces too though. There's there's the angry divorce. Mm -hmm. Where you hate each other and you, you know, you you pay to have one another killed, kind of thing. And then Whoa. there is <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> which which isn't me, by the way. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! I mean, I literally, I still offered to if I was at Costco, I would send a text and say, "Hey, do you need me to get you anything while I'm here?" Because everyone hates going to fucking Costco and dealing with the lines and stuff. So, Love I mean, that. there's there's also the you know sort of the mutual ones, and so. I don't know. Um, I I don't think it's it's always sad when it happens, but if it's for the better, then you know, so be it. Do you yeah, think that? Do you think that depends on the person you are? Because you're a very benevolent person, and you're you're always like looking out for people and stuff. I mean, do you think that depends on what type of person you are for the divorce? Oh sure. 
Uh, and I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When when it happened, I was like super mega depressed. I I went to work. I came home and I and I slept. And you know, I'd go out with people, and it was always a chore to go outside to go hang out with them. But when I did, I was glad that I did. Yeah. But it was really hard to to bring myself to do it. Um, it's 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 a very painful process. Um, I mean, it's it's I don't know if, if I don't want to compare it to death, as it were, but there are different. They're like stages of grief, basically. Yeah. And, um, I, of course, everyone's different. But for me, it was, you know, I was lonely for a very, very long time. Even when I was with people, I was still extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was able to get myself out of it and meet the right people. And fast forward, and now I'm the happiest I've ever been. I feel great. Um, I don't I don't look like a Ryan Gosling, but I feel like one inside. <laughs> <laughs> You look like Ryan Gosling from Blue Valentine. Yeah, you can just I, see that. <laughs> I, I look like Ryan Gosling ate the entire cast of this movie. <laughs> he had some Lind Hagen does. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm about uh, a deuce, deuce and a half. No big deal. <laughs> Triple digits, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, um, good stuff. <laughs> no, but I mean, I I think that uh, that's right, and and like I I haven't been married, I haven't been divorced, but I've been through rough breakups, and it's it's hard, man. It's it's you get lonely, and it's when you spend so much time with somebody that becomes your way of life, and so it it's like asking you to breathe differently during the day. Like, how do you do that? Right. And um, but but I, I can relate to you know meeting a lot of different people, having a lot of relationships, um, a lot of them that didn't mean anything, um. You know, the, I I did go through this period, this bounce back period, where I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cast a wide net, everything from 18 to 65 on the Tinder kind of thing, and and it's like I'm going fishing, and um, you like that? That's pretty good. It was, it was just the 18 year olds and just the 65 year olds. <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff. And then so I I met a lot of interesting people. And in this process, uh, not only did I find out what I liked, but I found out what I didn't like. And, um, you know, I, I met Alex through online dating. And um, it was weird because I didn't have to go to the bar scene thing. The online dating made everything a thousand times easier. Like and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been together for almost three years now. We're, we're engaged. We're going to get married Woo! next year. It's exciting stuff. So, I mean, uh, it all worked out. But... I can. It, it didn't take a two-hour movie to work out. It took a. It took a very long time. <laughs> two-hour movie. Well, and and I think that it's um. It you know it. The divorce as as Steve Carell because he's he displays all those things where he's just like so miserable, so depressed. He doesn't want to go on. He goes to a bar and he drinks vodka cranberry and talks to random bartenders and he, you know he cuckolded me and whatnot. But um, like he gets out of that rut. And he he realizes, you know, maybe I'll do cast my net from 18 to 65 and see what happens. But ultimately, he learns a lot about himself. And so it kind of is, was good for him with his divorce because it, it taught him more about what he is. And he maybe he lost sight of what he truly was. Um, and he decides at the end, you know, like, I, I still love Emily. And she kind of does the same thing, too. And obviously, this is a movie, so this doesn't happen. But I, I, I personally know people who have gotten divorced, and it has strengthened their relationship as as friends and actually as eventual lovers again. Um, it's, it's a messy situation, for sure. But I don't think there's any... Um, there's no pride lost in in a divorce nowadays. It's it, it can be healthy for a relationship if if need be. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what that's kind of what we see through Steve Carell's progression in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the hardest things about breakups is I hate when you lose friends. Um, so like he loses Norm. His name. Oh Norm, yeah, but, yeah. A couple yeah. friends that happens. It, it's dude. It happens to me all the time. Like one of my last exes, <laughs> I I I had some friends and it sucked because the the husband who the husband of the friend the husband of my ex's friend. There we go. Uh, we got along really well and like we liked movies and we'd go see him all the time. And then it just kind of was like, hey, I have to side with my wife and it. Here's here's a bottle of the cologne. There's a gift receipt in there. <laughs> yeah. So but, that, uh, that said, that's always one of the hardest things. But then you know you have to be resilient and get on, get get back on that horse and ride, baby. So okay. um, ride ride within the 15 mile radius. And uh, what, yeah, that's it's funny you say that because I always did 10 miles. Oh I no, I, I don't want to drive far. <laughs> I was I was quoting Tommy Lee Jones there. Oh yeah, 15 mile radius. <laughs> um steve carell like we were talking about earlier he is so good at because i think he's a fantastic actor and and you know we first got exposure to him from like the office and 40 year old virgin but um in 40 year old virgin he he is a geek he's wearing like his polo shirts and tucked in whitewashed jeans basically um he has that kind of look in a lot of his films where he can go from like soccer dad to dashing j crew model uh and he has such range as an actor but um it's it's funny that he does that and i think the costume design in this movie is is like perfect because when he he's like what are those and he goes they're new balance 524s or whatever <laughs> it's like they're really comfortable um i i think that that is is such a hallmark for a, for a dad yeah yeah i agree um i also really enjoyed so with it being uh, a intertwining story, kind of like how Pulp Fiction does. Uh, there were some good transition scenes from one character to another in same settings. Um, they just would be at a bar, and it'd be Ryan Gosling and someone else, and then it pans to the right, and then you see Steve Carell walking to go meet uh, Marissa Tomei for a date. So it just like switches like that. I love her, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is great. I like her a lot too. Did you see the wrestler by chance? Uh, I want to actually do that one for another podcast because my buddy Aaron keeps keeps crying on Twitter about like why aren't you is he doing the one? Is he the one that wanted yeah. to make me watch the Fountain? I, I do not want to watch the Fountain. I I like Darren Aronofsky, but I do not like the Fountain. Uh, <laughs> so I I I, I refuse. He was he was mad that we haven't watched it. He's also very very uh, argumentative about things. I love Aaron, but. I'll punch him in the face. <laughs> but I love Marissa Tomei, and she's gorgeous. My cousin Vinny, that's a good one too. Yeah, um, yeah, that is a really good one. We've talked about that one actually often on here too, which is funny. Um, uh, Justin, be better than the Gap. I liked that too. Yeah. Uh, what else did I write here? Oh, when Robbie tells him, he's like, "Mom, I've heard you crying a lot in your room," and he goes, "I googled mom's crying in bed." Oh yeah. <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> Uh, I was like, so I, I instantly Googled mom's crying in bed after that. So, <laughs> yikes. Um, so this movie wasn't, wasn't super heavy, so I don't have a ton to talk about for it. Um, the final thing I'll kind of bring up in topic we can discuss is, you know, we all seek advice when it comes to do what to, or when it comes to what to do when we are in love, kind of like what we're doing right now. Um, you know, but love is not a one size fits all kind of problem. Um, each character in this movie takes some advice from another that fails to be fruitful, uh, from a source that probably has not ever been in true love yet. 
Um, so is love something that we have to figure out on our own or should we be guided by those around us? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm always asking you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have all the answers. I can say what worked for me, but I don't like to, I don't like to say, I just like to listen. So, but when you listen though, like if, if I were to bring a problem, if I was like, Hey, my wife, Emily, uh, cheated on you with David Lindhagen. What would you would you just be the one to give me advice, or would you because like we, we know each other so well, or what what would you do? I would ask questions and okay. let you come up with the answers. Yeah, um, I think it's better that way. It's kind of like solving your own problems. Yeah, I mean, as this is something that I learned <laughs> in my marriage, <laughs> that is not a thing anymore. Is that. Um, <laughs> You can't come up with solutions all the time. Like, especially like, I don't know if it's just a man thing, but I feel like I am very solution oriented. And when someone tells me a problem, uh, I try and say, you, you should do this. You should do that. Try this. Try doing this. And that's not what women want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> they just want you to listen. So I learned that. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm better for it. So now I actually kind of, use that in my professional life and my personal life to where um, I don't give solutions. I ask, well, what are you doing about it? You know, like so, uh, I like to listen and I like to, to sort of probe and, and get to the bottom of what the real problem is, as opposed to offering solutions. I like to just set people on the correct path. So if or, there was, or what they think is the correct path. If there was a problem, yo, you solved it. Check out the hook where the DJ revolves it. <laughs> yeah. no. If there's a problem, yo, I'll listen. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme with anything. Yo, I'll listen. Check out my hook while my DJ New Edition. Hey, look at that. New Edition was the first concert I ever went to. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw Bobby Brown before he beat the shit out of his wife and did a line of coke off her. Yeah, he was, he's quite the piece of shit, so... Um... Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that that's that's critical. And, and I was the same kind of way where I, I am I too am very solution driven where I'm like, look, I, I'm going to have the answers. You have the problems. I'll have the, the solutions. Um, and I learned through relationships um, and through that heartache of breakups that you have to sometimes just let people vent and they're not and even friends you have to let them vent you can't you can't be the one to say like oh well well this is why that's not what people want to hear all the time um and i think steve carell's character he he was looking for those well he was looking to vent but ryan gosling kind of gave him the solutions and, and he didn't really it wasn't in in his own interest necessarily it's what ryan gosling's interests were he wanted to take on cal as a project to help him out uh, i'm sure cal was happy with it because he he ultimately did help him, but he wasn't really listening to him. He just told him what he wanted to hear. And so in the Hollywood sense, that worked for this movie. But yeah, like you have to be, you can't always be solution driven when it comes to, to people and to relationships. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, I think that it's, it's okay to be guided by others uh, in that too, because I mean, there is a world of knowledge out there that, you know, everyone has has their own tales, basically, and people are a lot more interesting than we think that we are for ourselves. <laughs> and so it's it's I, nice. I'm basically a cartoon character brought to life. <laughs> 
so it's it's nice actually to to have those open discussions, even with people you you don't really know that well, like just mutual friends and stuff, because you could get some really really good insight from somebody who's like, hey, I've been in this situation before, and um, and I I think that Cal didn't have any have any lifelines like that. He didn't have any friends who he could talk to. His boss laughed at him because he thought divorce was was meaningless, even though it, it was hurting Cal on the inside. Um, he went to a bar and drank by himself. His quote-unquote best friend had to choose uh, his wife's side um, or his ex-wife's side, and he, he was alone. His kids were kind of, you know, they're his kids. His daughter was just obsessed with dancing, and then his son was love-struck with a babysitter. So Yeah, a little bit too creepy. I didn't like how... He was just kind of like, oh, I love you. Oh, please, please. Can we yeah. This, please. Yeah, you can't do that nowadays. That's how you get a, that's how you end up on a watch list. So. Yeah. He'll be, a, he'll be a, a blue dot in the neighborhood. <laughs> he'll have to go knock on people's doors and tell them he's a, a sex offender. <laughs> Eight year old dude. <laughs> Eight year old dude. Smokey, this is league. There are rules. <laughs> this, this is not non. This is bowling. It's not there are rules here. <laughs> Oh god, market eight, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think that it's very beneficial to 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 get that. Now, um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Uh, so from our breakdown of, of what makes a film good or bad, script, character, acting, timing, sound, and visuals, I think that this one definitely hits for the script, the characters, the acting, and that's. And I'd say probably the timing. The sound and visuals were kind of it was they were kind of moot because nothing was crazy about this um, in terms of um, like what we were seeing. It was all pretty centrally focused. It I, seemed... I thought I thought the Hannah reveal as their daughter was kind of a a weird thing. Like she's in the movie the whole time, but the only time they mention her is like a, they call her Nana instead yeah. of yeah. Hannah and. I don't know. I kind of felt like that was. It felt a little forced. Really, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was neat, but it, yeah, okay. I, I guess I see. I kind of see what you're saying. It, it did seem like at the end it, it popped up, and they want it to be this big shocker, but they kind of just glazed over it really quick, or glossed yeah. over it really quick. Um, yeah, okay. I see. What I you're mean, saying. I'm not. I'm not like upset by it, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, ah, it's kind boy of caught this film. Yeah. <laughs> This is the worst. Get yeah, a no. sharpie and a, and a piece of paper. I'm gonna fucking stand in front of the theater. <laughs> it's not in theaters anymore, man. Well, that, if I protest, they won't bring it back. There you go. Um, I'll win in the long run. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Uh, it, it did seem kind of out of left field because. She wasn't even, I mean, but Emma, Emma Stone wasn't even in it for that much. No, she, she had like three scenes. Before, yeah. Which is why then, it's like, oh yeah, she still exists. Oh yeah, she's also our daughter. I yeah, know. I, I, know what, I know what you're saying now. I agree with that. But um, based on those, on those six factors, do you think that uh, this is a good film, Justin? Yeah, I enjoy it. Okay. I'd say it's probably like, Give it a letter grade. It's it's your it's it, this is this is what you always ask me. I'm gonna ask you. Give it a letter grade. No pass fail bullshit. What do, what do you uh, grade this movie? I'd say a B minus. Really? I'd say no. A, no I'm lying. C plus. Oh <laughs> talk, shit! Talk me out of it. I'd say a B point two, which I think go. is like a B, a B minus. So a check plus. It's you know it it's um it was interesting. I I, I wanted to do a rom com for this one. Um, what I'm a just waste. 
We could have done Iron Eagle, man. (laughs) Now you can deal with me now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's... I think that rom-coms are a good part of, of uh, cinema. Um, I think that they're they're neat. Uh, certain people really love rom-coms. Others really don't. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I, I don't reach out and like, oh, I have to watch a rom-com. Because I, I just think that so many of them follow this same paradigm where it's like, cool. Uh, you know, they start out hot and heavy. Something bad happens. They break up. They get back together. Everything works out or whatever, right? Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, and then but things like the breakup. That's why I actually liked the ending of the breakup because it totally they break up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the name of the Boiler movie. Alert. Not, not everything know. is not everything is puppy dogs and rainbows. Like I, it, I like it, both of those things. So do I. I don't like rainbows. They make me sneeze. Um, do they? But no, my allergies make me sneeze. But uh. But yeah, Diamond Dallas Page allergies. <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page allergies. We should do that one. We have to do that one. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think that rom coms are important in cinema, uh, but I'm glad that they're developing better ones with more thought out characters and more thought out themes and stuff. And that's why I've, I've heard Crazy Crazy Rich Asians was so good. I mean, like I caught a bit of it on an airplane over the shoulder of someone else, and I was like actually pretty intrigued by it with no sound on so and that's to say something right um so like i'm glad that they're they're developing these different rom-coms with different ideas and you can make them with you can make them pretty heavy with good sentiment um and they don't have to be so typecast basically so um it was good i don't know if we're gonna do a rom-com for a while but you know i i I uh, hate love so much i hate love so much I like, uh, there's something about Mary. That's a good rom-com. And is I that, like... Is that a rom-com or is that just a comedy? It's, there's romance. Everyone's trying to get with Mary. The whole movie, everyone's trying to get with Mary. You got the Woogie, Dom <laughs> Woganowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. No, That's why I have two favorite parts in that movie. When when the revelation is that he is Woogie and he gives Ted that look like, hello, idiot. And then I like it when... The the pizza guy and Matt Dillon are in the trees and they're they're like chucking, uh, like spying on him. Oh and, yeah. And uh, and the pizza guy Norm he goes stalking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole movie. I, it makes me laugh every time. I just like that. Oh, I, I was I was looking for the bathroom. I was gonna go. <laughs> yeah. No, not not not. Six, seven. seven. <laughs> you can't do six. You gotta work out. You gotta get in six minutes. <laughs> that shit's so funny. Oh, uh, that's a good. That's a good rom com. Yeah. I mean, there's some other solid ones. I mean, we had a lot of good um, examples from Twitter and from Facebook and stuff. Um, I just think that this one was was nice because it has the gasoline, and who doesn't like the gasoline? So, um, did you? Did you feel like this movie was uh, underrated at all? When we started this podcast, I thought we were going to do like underrated movies, but I think yeah. we've evolved. Is this an underrated comedy, or do you think that it is just about right where it needs to be? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'd say it's just about where it, it needs to be. And I guess by underrated, I don't necessarily mean it has to be so like Basement Dweller that... that we like have obscure. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. right? 
Uh, right. But but it has to be something that like if we polled ten people and we were like, hey, have you seen Crazy Stupid Love? I'm sure maybe five of them would be like, yeah, I've seen it, or five, and the other five would be like, no, I haven't, right? So middle of the road. So in that sense, I'd say yeah, it's underrated because I have asked people, I'm like, oh, to Crazy Stupid Love, and they're like, what? What one is that? And I'm like, oh, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore, and they're like, but I I don't know, and I'm, or some people are like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I didn't see it, I know what it is though. So I think in that sense, yes, it's underrated. It's not something where we could say like Jurassic Park, and people are like, oh yeah. But um, we, we've done a couple that have been very big, like Avatar and stuff. Um, but I think that that was more because I thought Avatar was way overrated. That was overrated. Um, yeah, that was that's the that's the awful state. Yeah. So this, and, one, and, this one's just rated. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's, not, I think, it's not under. It's not over. It's it's rated. It's right down the middle. Like barely rated. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I think it kind of it kind of leans a little towards the underrated side for sure. Okay, just curious. Yeah, man. Um, well, that's all I really have on this. Um, what about what about you? Do you have anything else? No, I got nothing. I'm I'm glad that I saw it. It it has made me a better person. <laughs> I don't think that's right. That's uh, okay. Um, is it your turn to pick next? I think so. What do God? Sometimes oh, it shit. feels like it's weeks. <laughs> you well, hey, whose fault is that? <laughs> I know. I've been busy. I apologize. Okay, be sorry. Uh, yeah, you pick. Um, we so if we if we want to continue like we we're saying because we don't want to stray away from from the uh more lesser known film side. Um, is there something that you would like to go after? I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm trying to like I almost I almost want to make a list of movies that I want to tackle at some point. Um uh, I mean like I, I, do all the, I do that all the time on my phone. Do you? Mm-hmm. On my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, uh inside joke. Um but I don't know. I, there's movies that I just absolutely love like uh, Point Break um i'm actually a real sucker for um the cloverfield movies yes um and i i think it might be a little fun to just kind of explore where we're at with the cloverfield universe um right now i think we're sitting at what three three things there's yeah, there's Cloverfield, Ten Cloverhead Lane, and the, the Cloverfield uh, Paradox. Paradox, yeah. Paradox is garbage. But... Yeah, see, I actually didn't mind it all that much. I didn't think Ooh. it was great, but uh, I, I think that uh, Cloverfield Lane is my favorite. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'd probably go two, one, three in in that order as far as ranking them goes. But um, I don't know, man. I feel like I need to give this some thought. Uh because I also kind of want to visit like other movies too, like um, like Willow. I fucking love Willow, and I kind of want to talk about. It. <laughs> I think hey, I'm I'm 100 down for Willow. I still have your copy of Willow, um, and uh, yeah, it, man, I have not seen that movie in probably 20 years. So I am 100 down for that. They actually just re or they just released the remastered version of it like a few months ago. Um, so I, I'm 100 down for something like that. My list, really quick, is just. Mad Max Fury Road, even though that's a huge movie, I think that it would be it would be more of a love letter to that to that movie. Right. Um, ooh, there's a giant wasp outside trying to get in. Nope. You wasp, stay wasp on a train. Wasp on a train. Um, Shutter Island. 
Uh, oh, okay. So I, I was actually talking to Alex about that movie last night because we were trying to pick a movie to watch. And she's like, Shutter Island. I was like, boring. Ooh, okay. Well, that's there's an option there. Yeah. Uh, Sicario. Oh, uh, Sing Street. Have you ever seen Sing Street? No. Oh, uh, you'd I've love seen it. Dance Street. No, so it's on Netflix. You'd love it. It um, takes place in Dublin in the 80s, and it's about these high school kids who uh, start a band, and their influences are like The Cure and um, Duran Duran and stuff. And uh, the, the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, it's, it's a, a coming-of-age movie, um, but uh, very underrated and very, very good. Um, the Master, uh, which is a PTA film, which I didn't fully appreciate uh when i saw it so i would love to give that one another shot um the wrestler um what's yeah. the master what is that movie so the master is essentially it's kind of like um Scient- it's kind of like pta's take on scientology where it has uh joaquin river phoenix in it and it has um philip seymour hoffman and joaquin phoenix joins this essentially like this this religious cult thing where uh philip seymour hoffman is he plays um uh l ron hubbard essentially um and it's kind of like the society that they're in i that's all i really know from it it's it's kind of a hard description to give because it's been so long and i haven't researched it but it's constantly on lists for cinephiles as like some of the best performances and actors given between Joaquin and between um, Philip Seymour Hoffman and stuff. So I, I would like to develop into it because I love PTA films, Paul Thomas Anderson. And so um, I would like to give it another shot, but yeah, so that's, that's up there too. And then man of steel, the Superman movie. Yeah. All right. A lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Edmondson, geek legacy. He, he shat all over it. Yeah, well, he shits all over everything. Then he he ate it and shat it again. That's gross. Have we done a fantasy one yet? No, so so that's why Willow would be perfect, because we, well, I mean, kind of. We've done science science fiction fantasy, basically. But I mean, not like a a Lord of the Rings dragons and... (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) um yeah we have not um so i would be totally down for something so so this the good thing about this movie is it has that a a whopping 50 percent on the uh on the rotten tomatoes or willow yeah really that fascinates me because that's that's totally like a like a love hate kind of movie even nowadays even that it's, it's it's been out for like 30 years basically yeah wow okay I uh, I saw it in the theater. I love this movie. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm hoping I love it too because it's been a very long time, like I was saying, since I've seen it. So, um, cool. If that's what we want to do, man, I'm 100% down for that. I like it. Cool. Remember we were talking about uh, uh, Enemy at the Gate steals the music. <laughs> <laughs> the Enemy at the Gate! Enemy at the Gate! <laughs> Just close the gate! The Enemy at the Gate! <laughs> Don't let him in. Honestly, I, I was in Minneapolis uh, while I was listening to that episode of the podcast, and I was running around this lake, and um, I started. I stopped because I was laughing so hard at that part. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if funny. you can't laugh at yourself, then you suck. Yeah, life's too short to to not laugh at yourself. I learned I learned that from Steve Carell. So <laughs> I, I learned life is a sport. Drink it up, all sport. Michael. <laughs>
<laughs> that shit was so sugary. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, cool. All right, buddy. Well, I don't have anything else. Um, and uh, should we should we take it out? Sure. All right. Thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod, at edgyarmo, and at zackdale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show. Heck, you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. Just please remember, don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.